Well, I've decided to go a different way with this intro because I was thinking about it. I was thinking about this the other night and I said to myself, self, why do I always say welcome back to 5x59 like these hoes don't know what they're listening to? Because I'm not on the radio. They literally download the episode and then they press play on it. They yeah. can read. Y'all already they know where read. you are. It's the 5x59 podcast. We're back again. It's Tommy. <laughs> Hi, it's also Ram here. And, and we're here with what's um, up? What's up? And we're here with Dari Razvani. He ran for the twenty-second uh, district to unseat Devin Nunes. It didn't work out, but now he's running for the Area Three. State <laughs> yeah, just Center rub it in his face. Yeah. <laughs> he's running for Area Three of the State Center Community College Board of Trustees to unseat John Leal. Uh, Leal. So happy to have Leal. you, Leal. Excuse me. He's Leal. Gonna, we're gonna get canceled by Leal. John Leal. Leal, listen, I'm I'm running the misinformation campaign, <laughs> and and he's a very good Twitter user and very local, good at Twitter. One of our proud blue check marks, local blue check marks. We should yeah. We should title the app "How to Get a Blue Check Mark," <laughs> like how the to get away with murder. Mark. How to get a blue check mark? That should be. Yeah. Good. How do you? Actually, that is our first question. How do you get? How do you get no, a blue check kidding. mark? Yeah, so you run for Congress. Oh, okay, so let me just do that real quick. <laughs> no, that so that was uh, so that was like the trade-off of what Twitter did uh, when they canceled um, political advertising. Uh, so so once you couldn't, uh, once you couldn't do the political advertising, they uh, were like, okay, then they went through uh, what is it, Bellapedia? They went through that, oh, and if you're if you're um, on there. Twitter. Yeah, if your official Twitter was linked to that, then they just gave it to oh, you. Well, there you go, guys. Episode over. Boom. Boom. Yeah. That's, <laughs> one, one day I'll be completely irrelevant and I'll wake up and it'll be gone. Oh, so. uh, no. But, but how are you, Dari? We've been wanting you on. Actually, yeah, I've been wanting you on the show for a while. Uh, well, I'm I'm good, man. I'm glad you you guys reached out. I uh, uh, I was listening to the other episodes and this uh, is uh, we need we need more young uh podcasters and yeah because uh, everyone's old is well you, you guys gotta go uh you guys what uh luke and uh luke and isaac they had one for a little bit i don't know if you guys know them um i think i just started knowing them but yeah yeah so they they had one for a little bit but you know but this one is gonna be banging but yeah but yeah well we're you different you know we're different we're different yeah. we're yeah. different we Capital uh D. we're we're nasty we're trying to be nasty in yeah. this local scene. Yeah, and I guess I guess I guess I wanted to start by going into the past and like asking you what it's actually like to run for Congress as a person that's not already no. rich, famous, etc. Yeah, I mean it sucks. I mean I, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not going to sugarcoat it. I mean it, it's like when my life finally calms a little bit down. I mean I'd like to write just about how it it's impossible. I mean really, mm. like it, it takes a a spark like what happened with Charles Booker or, I mean, you got to remember even AOC, she didn't fundraise anything until the very, like what, it was like three months before her primary, she caught all this wind and, and raised enough money and then beat, uh, beat Joe Crowley. Um, and especially like what Phil ended up uh, getting endorsed by Andrew Jans, who, you know, the year before raised $8 million in his campaign. Um, and so when you're given that kind of network, it's, it's difficult. Right. Mm. Um, I mean, just to just to hire the person to do the um, like the compliance and everything like that ended up being like 
basically a thousand dollars a month. Wow. Uh, you know, a campaign manager costs anywhere from three to eight thousand dollars a month. Um, you know, all these costs add up. And so uh, as someone who couldn't just put in, you know, a, a large sum of money or didn't have a whole Rolodex of people to go through and get twenty eight hundred dollars from um, it sucked because I missed out. Let's see. I like I never got to see Bernie speak. I missed out on uh, Cornell West. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get to meet uh, Sean King, although like I'm whatever on that. Like <laughs> you actually dodged a bullet with that <laughs> yeah, one. That's actually good. You didn't meet him. Yeah, guys. like it, it is what it is. But you know, um, <laughs> the face when we get Sean King. My on point the is that I missed it. Okay, my <laughs> yeah. point is that. I um, and so because look, I mean, I was running to win, right? Like mm. this wasn't. I wasn't those days off. I had to raise $5,000, right? Mm -hmm. So all I did is we would wake up at 7 a.m., have breakfast, and I would start call time at 7.30, and I would end it at 7.30 p.m. You know, we'd start out calling on the East Coast, begging for money, and and we would work our way um, till till we were, you know, back in California uh, asking for money, and then it was time to go to bed. Oh, um, and so, you know, I put on like 30 pounds. I like my relationship was not great. Um, you know, it was, it, I, and then on top of it, right. Like the financial, like I gave up, I, I like had a pretty good job. Like I didn't, <laughs> all things considered, like, I mean, I, I think a lot of people, if they had, had really looked at my life at that point would have thought it was pretty like yeah, what were you doing up. before? What were yeah, you doing so before? like I was a management consultant at PricewaterhouseCoopers, which is uh, one of the largest accounting and finance firms in the world. Wow. Um, mm. Like I worked on like Apple, IBM, HP. Uh, so you were someone with like a good job, and even you had difficulty jumping into yeah, this world of politics. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially look at what I'm running on. I'm I'm running on tearing down the the monopolies that fund those groups, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to talk about how how powerful or like market share and stuff like that i mean the big four is what they call the the big four accounting firms it's uh it's um what uh pwc ey deloitte and kpmg um and arthur anderson it used to be a big five arthur anderson uh was the fifth and they were the ones who were auditing enron Right. Mm. And so that I don't actually, do you guys know what Enron is? I <laughs> that might be ugly. remember yeah. I, so, I, yeah. something about Al Gore. Yeah. yeah. So they had like, it was like one of the largest, one of the largest security frauds that's ever happened. I mean, it mm. just ruined everyone's social security. They were an energy company that basically were just making up uh, assets that they had and they, they completely mm. manipulated um, their price and uh, the auditors. That's actually why we have a lot of the compliance rules that we have now is because of that. Mm. Um, and Arthur Anderson ended up, you know, going under. But that's that. Those four companies audit every company in the world, wow. except for except for uh, your local your local banks and and farms stuff like that. So it's uh, I'm them. You know, so that's how that's how it is, man. It's why it's. Do you- uh, <laughs> Why would you throw all that away? Yeah, why throw all that away for <laughs> what was Nunez's well, seat? Yeah, why? Yeah, what was what well, was the moment where you're like, oh, you know what? I need to get this guy out of here. Yeah, what's like, what what when did what you wake spark? up and say, oh, this guy has to, we have to put a yeah. stop to this? Well, you, so so for me, it wasn't even Devin Nunez, mm-hmm. uh, right? It was look, I mean, 
fuck Devin Nunes, right? Yeah. This guy doesn't do anything. Wait, right? can it's, we do a I, can we do a synchronized fuck Devin Nunes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah one, it, okay. one, two, one, two, three, three. Fuck Devin fuck Nunes. Devin Nunes. Yeah. I don't think yeah, it worked. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's the government as a whole that I have a problem with. I mean, Nunes. Don't get me wrong. Like Nunes does nothing for the district. That that is an objective statement. Um, but on top of it, uh, I mean, he just happens to be the laziest of all of them. Um, and what really bugs me is the, you know, he's the one who takes the PAC money from every single corporation that we're talking about, right? He, he is, for someone who's supposed to be, a, you know, a dairy guy, a, a farmer, like how people believe that he represents the working class, I do not understand. I, I literally cannot comprehend it. Um, and so for me, I mean, I remember I was, uh, I was actually uh, working on a client in Texas um, and it was like midnight and I, I just like, I worked like shit, I think it was like 48 straight hours at that point. And um, like the 13th kid had died in one of the detention centers and I just like, everything felt pointless, right? Like, cool. Like I, like what I, I come to work every day and then I leave and then I'm just like in this cycle for the rest of my life until I die. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I love you. Now back to our show. What, uh, what, what really inspired you to, to like get into this field of politics and forsake everything you had and just sort of like throw yourself into this? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, for me, it was specifically one instance, uh, when I was, um, working in Texas and I, it was like two or three days of just a project that I absolutely hated. And then, um, you know, I was at the office and watching the news and I think it was the, the 13th kid had, had passed away in one of the detention centers. Um, and for me it was okay. Like I can either just go through this cycle of, mm -hmm going to work every day and then going on vacation and maybe I'll have kids one day and then I die. Yeah. Uh, or I can actually try and do something that helps people mm -hmm. um, and can make an impact. And for me, it was, I mean, specifically when it comes down to the climate crisis, like, do we really have time to even decide? Yeah. Um, and so it was, all right, let's run. And if I fail, I fail. Um, but for me, it was, I, you know, if you run for Congress, I, I, my thinking, my thought process as well was, I mean, that's not the worst thing to fail at. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people are gonna, um, especially if you're like looking for work after, I don't think a whole lot of people are gonna, um, be mad at you for not having work experience for a year because you were running for Congress. <laughs> right. So, um, I think that I thought I was pretty safe there and, um, and ultimately I just decided to run. <laughs> wait, feel... do you put, wait, wait, do you put that on your resume then? Like ran for Congress? You know, what's so <laughs> funny. Candidate. I, I have, I have gone back and forth with this and I have called about every single person that I worked with at PwC and I get, no one can decide because on one end, like you're giving up your political ideology. Um, but then like, on the other hand, like you're showing, like, in my opinion, I don't care what your political ideology is. If you had, if you decided to run for Congress, like that, that says something about you. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's kind of where I am. Um, for me, like, obviously I'd like to put a winning race on there. Uh, 
I mean, honestly, I don't want to have to have a CV anymore. I'd really like to yeah. just do public service. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I I feel like uh, Ram and I really relate because like a, a big part of why Ram started the newsletter and this podcast is because of that like cycle of like meaningless oh like what am I doing with with the job? Yeah, what am I doing with my life? And the grind. Dude. I'm like working at the. Oh, I, don't know, I should probably not say my employer. But I'm working at this job. I'm like <laughs> magic of editing. Oh, magic of editing. I'm not gonna say it. You but can I'm bleep like, it. I'm literally in the desk. I'm like. I'm like, I feel like I was Neo in the movie, you know, when he was in the desk. I was like, wow, this sucks. Like, I could just do this forever and die. And then yep. that would be my life. But I was like, I should probably help other people. <laughs> I think that should be it. But I'm like, and then I took the red pill, dude. Oh, yeah. The red God. pill. Not, don't. The socialist pill. The socialist pill. We, don't, we mean that in the... In the-, <laughs> the communism pill. Not yeah. the, not the yeah. incel pill. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I took the community pill. Uh, do you think that feeling of uh, striving for a meaningful life is what drives you to stay in public service? Um, and yeah, I that? mean, you know, for me, this is the thing is I'm pretty damn good at capitalism. Um, but like all the tools that I have can also <coughs> be used for community. Right. And mm-hmm. so I would much rather. Um, so I'll, I'll get a little bit personal, right? So I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. Um, I actually moved back to Fresno to get a relationship with him. We ended up, you know, bonding. He ended up passing away of lung cancer, like uh, five years after I moved back. Um, And for me, I want to be able to have a kid. Like Mm. my entire thought process goes through um, being able to have a society that I can raise my child in. and so that's just something that I internalize. And you know what? I've just kind of accepted. I, and I think anyone from Fresno will agree with this. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's a, it's a black hole. It brings you back. I didn't like, yeah. look, I was, I was living in San Jose and, and still my girlfriend was here. I was still traveling back every weekend. Right. I'm back here now. It, it's yeah. I, everyone I know. Right. And so for me, it's, well, why did I want to leave? Well, I was, I had an accounting degree and I wanted upward mobility. Well, you know, we have some accounting firms here, but it's mostly like tax and that's not what I wanted to do. Um, And so, you know, this area is prime for growth. I mean, this is the last Mm -hmm. area that is going to be gentrified in California. And we're already seeing it. I mean, we're already seeing $1,600 for an apartment in Fresno, California. For what? come, Come on. Come on. I'm sitting in that apartment right now. (laughs) it's it's it's, i mean like that was the thing right is so my mortgage on my four bedroom home is thirteen hundred dollars when i went to san jose i was splitting a two bedroom and paying 1550 right like something is as fundamentally broken in our housing system and so having seen i mean san jose i in my opinion is exactly what's going to happen to here it's it's the we're having a period of growth the land is cheap these these companies can come in and they can build and um you know especially with the house of prize, uh, uh price of housing uh in the bay area in los angeles these people who are lawyers and and doctor or not doctors but lawyers and accountants and um you know jobs that can kind of be done remotely well look i mean if you can get a massive house for half the cost of your, you know, two bedroom apartment in LA or San Francisco, you're going to do it. 
Um, yeah. And unfortunately, the people that end up hurting are the people who are here <coughs> without uh, without jobs to compete in order to pay that rent. Yeah. And I'm wondering how that's going to be affected after COVID, since everybody's like, oh, yeah, we don't even need to live in San Francisco anymore. You could yep. just live anywhere because I think remote work is going to be more common after this pandemic. I mean, one would hope. So, one would hope. Yeah. And even before the pandemic, I was thinking, like, if the high speed rail ever gets built. Oh, yeah. If that ever becomes well, a thing. She, and then she everything get, will didn't, come didn't here. Miss, didn't Miss High Speed Rail get sort of canceled and then scaled down um, significantly? Oh, yeah. It scaled down so within Central Valley, I think. Yeah, Bakersfield, the Bakersfield, Bakersfield to Merced. The Merced or <laughs> something like that. So when I hear that, my first thought is then what is the point? Yeah. yeah. What is the point? Hey, you can get from Merced to Bakersfield really well, I fast. When I get to Bakersfield, I, <laughs> I stop you right really there. really fast, okay? <laughs> well, really fast. I mean, because here's the thing, right? <laughs> They're going to say, well, you can drive to Bakersfield and leave your car or, in Bakersfield uh, and, then wanna... take the high speed, and then take a rental on the other end. And like, oh, uh, that sounds okay. so complicated. Yeah, and like also, uh, you know, I'm not leaving my car uh, at the high speed rail in Bakersfield. Yeah, absolutely no thanks. not. No thanks. Absolutely not. But yeah, no. The, Fresno is. There's something about Fresno. But what like, does what does one do to counteract gentrification and these things that are and you know businesses doing these things? So I mean, that's actually one of the reasons that I wanted to run for this seat. Uh, it, it's something small, and I'm not going to act like this is the end-all, be-all answer uh, to gentrification. But um, when I lived in the Bay Area, San Francisco uh, applied a tax to real estate deals that were over five million, and a separate percentage for ones that are over ten million. And what they did with that tax percentage is they offered free community college to residents of the city. Mm. Uh, and so personally, I see the ability to, you know, give free or subsidized education, uh, specifically in Fresno with the trade school that we have. If we can start a pipeline of kids coming out of high school and actually seeing community college, whether it be academic or trade as a viable option. Um, it creates that upward mobility so they can, so, you know, if it comes to a trade, then they're realistically, they're working straight out of straight out of graduation. Um, but one of the things that we're seeing is the average trade school graduation age is 28. And so, you know, you have about a, a eight to 10 year period in there where people are kind of just trying things out. Um, but I also know from my experience and from a lot of other people's experience that, um, having someone come in and explain to you what your career path could be does not happen. Um, and I think that that anxiety, uh, if we actually educated the youth on, on kind of what their future could look like, um, I think that we would, we would see a lot of success in that. It's just, we're not putting the effort into the right areas. Mm, well, you're talking to two people who has fucked around in Fresno City College a long time. <laughs> uh, Fre Fresno City was my second community college, uh, right? No, I, uh, I'm up at Ram, so. Yeah, I went to, let's see, I went to uh, Cuesta College for two 
and a half years and then yeah i mean look i i've been in school long enough to be a doctor i'll, I'll put it that way <laughs> yeah, right? no, same same i feel uh, like yeah. i was at city so long i was like yeah i don't I'm think i'm still there so <laughs> i transferred into fresno city college with a 1.1 gpa Holy to give shit. you a little to give you a little background <laughs> of uh of my of how serious i took academia coming out of high school <laughs> so, so. So I and I was just gonna bring up how you were a Fresno City College alum. Um, do you do you yeah. think that like so so community college is like important to you? Um, and you think absolutely. it can play an important role? Yeah, I, I mean absolutely. Uh, I mean along with the things that I just said right there, uh, I for me the. I mean, obviously, you got to fix parking. I think if you fix parking, everything is a lot easier. Well, we did when we engineered this virus. Um, yeah, yeah. Up. we fixed it. Yeah. You don't need to park anymore because you don't have to go. Yeah. yeah. I saw your tweet. I, I thought, I think I think it was your tweet that was like, yeah. oh, while everyone's gone, they should really do this parking thing. Well, yeah, you know, true. You know, that's a great I, idea. That, that could literally be the federal jobs act after you know in order to get people to start to stifle un unemployment right now with every college gone because no call i mean fresno state had shit parking mm -hmm. like nowhere yeah. that's not a thing right mm -hmm. yeah. um, but no for community college right that's where especially moving back from uh paso robles where my mom lived to get the relationship with my dad um here that's where i was like actually able to meet people um mm -hmm. i i feel like I actually feel like the Fresno City College campus culture is a little bit more open than Fresno State. Oh, uh, yeah. Everyone says I'm, this. Everyone I'm, says yeah. this. The, vi the vibe of state, because I went yeah. from city to state, I was like, dude, the vibe of state is whack. Like, it's off. It sucks. Yeah, it, it's, there's, it almost feels like high school, like it's way more clicky once it, once you get to state, whereas yeah. like Fresno City College is everyone's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, man, fuck, we're here. Like, <laughs> it's, um, you, you meet a lot of cast characters. That's like when we work the rampage. Uh, yeah. I love how there's so many people that come in there from like different backgrounds. It's just like this is the best. There's, Actually, well, there's no barrier of entry. It's very interesting. There is no I, barrier of entry. It's the best. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the first class I ever had at Fresno City College. Um, I, it was was it music appreciation whatever the one that you listen to classical music is <laughs> music appreciation like, yeah music appreciation um and it was like you know in the kind of hall area and i remember i'm sitting there and i just like i start smelling weed and i look behind me and this dude just straight up had a dvd box out and was rolling a blunt in the back seat of class and this is the first class i had taken at fresno city college I, I i was like all right well like let, let's buckle up like um but no then i ended up having it, it was a great experience i mean it was cool not um, the first day on city i was there and on some dude was just like shouting he's like if you want dough, fuck a baker. I was like, what is going on? I'm sorry. If you want dough, fuck a baker. Fuck a baker. Okay. And that was the most vivid memory I've had of City. It's and as also, good a strat as any. And also there's one rampage reporter, like right in front of like it's like the school police who's like, you want to smoke weed? I'm like, the, the cops right there. But I'm like, sure. <laughs> and then they didn't give a shit. So I was like, cool, I guess. <laughs> That's just city for you. I love it. Um, and I, I wanted to ask because a big part of what we do here is we're trying to like simplify the like complexities in the minutiae of like local politics and local news for people who wouldn't normally care about it. What is the domain of a of a trustee? Like what is that sphere of influence? What does that mean? What impact does that have on people's lives? Yeah. So uh, the one the one thing that I, I'll talk about that I think every person that goes to Fresno City College can relate to is the privatization of the bookstore. 
Um, mm-hmm. So that right there was a vote that uh, John Leal voted for. Um, there was no no reason to privatize that bookstore. Uh, I mean, not only the union worker impact from that, but we then got rid of the book pricing right? or the the match pricing. Mm, yeah. um, my biggest thing is is a student first approach, and I think people and and we've seen it across universities. They're 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 acting as if this is some um, profit generator on a pretty vulnerable group, which mm-hmm. are 17 and 18 year olds who are just trying to figure out what the hell they're supposed to do next in life mm-hmm. um, in a place that doesn't have the job opportunity or or the things to do it in. Um, yeah. Right. And so uh, I for me, community college needs to be the thing that you can just go to to to. I mean, for two, three years flounder. I know that's not the not the best wording, but what really, I mean, you, you don't have to pick your major, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you're still accomplishing things while having the ability to do other things. Yeah. Like my girlfriend, mm-hmm. she she so she is at Fresno City has no idea what she's doing, but she's taken yep. three three or four classes depending on um, you know like what her schedule is. And yeah. um, I think for people that you know, not look when it comes to being a doctor or a lawyer or even an accountant, 95% of the time you do it because your parents are one of yeah. those professions. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, and so for people, especially in the central Valley who are working class, who are like, I don't know, maybe I'm into Marine biology. Shit. We don't know. We're, you know, we're, yeah. in, we're in Fresno. They, they kind of <clears throat> need, they kind of need that, that ability to, um, you know, keep people off of their back for still working and, and doing something, but you know, no one actually knows what the hell they're, they're doing. Yeah, um, yeah, but no. it, 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 it's, it's a, a kind of buffer until you decide what you want to do. And then, you know, by that time, look, you have the credits. If you want to transfer into a, if you want to go to a trade school, boom, it's right there. If you want to transfer into a four year, boom, it's right there. If mm-hmm. you want to, you've already taken the classes that you would need in my opinion to, you know, be an entrepreneur. Um, so it, for me, it's it's uh, kind of triple threat. So yeah, the five by five nine po- podcast loves community college. We are a huge Dude, opponent for community no, college. We, this is a result of yeah, like this, this podcast. Me and, uh, me and, me and uh, Tommy are products of Fresno City College. Like I represent Fresno FCC more than I represent Fresno State, even though I graduated. Uh-huh. Although. Fresno City never gave you my degree. I don't know where it's got lost in the mail. Or we something. don't know. We don't but, know. And that was before the post office no, was sabotaged. Yeah, that was before. The, <laughs> Carol Goldsmith never gave me my degree. But yeah. no, I the, the like community college is the best place to just fuck around. I always tell people years. it's way more low stakes than yeah, you know, like, going dude, to a four for year. For me, like personally, when I first got in FCC. I was a history major. That's so and funny. Then I, and then I moved to culinary major because I was like, oh, you know what, I can cook. And then I found journalism. So there was a lot of beat switches. This bitch has never once cooked for me. Let's talk about that. <laughs> That's I why didn't I didn't know you go. could cook. You literally never cook, told cook me that. Myself. You could cook? I thought you for okay. myself. Bro. I thought you ate out and made mac and cheese. I thought that's what you did. <laughs> no, I wow. microwave it. But, you know, the thing is, like, and, and for me, I like I love that, right? Yeah. But I think a lot of people feel like they get shamed for doing that exact thing. And that's oh, not, yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. look, not everyone's the 18 year old prodigy, right? Some of, yeah. look, I went into, I was a poli sci major originally. Then I just, uh, I was nothing just to go to Fresno City College and get some, get some uh, credits. And the only reason I'm an accounting major 
is because I couldn't find finance on the drop down screen on CSU Mentor. <laughs> okay. So, and it worked out pretty well. I got a job at PwC. You know, it's uh, it turned out that none of these companies even recruit for finance at Fresno State, but they do recruit recruit for accounting. Um, and it and it worked out to to be a beautiful oh, yeah. thing. But I, well, I have a I don't know. I have I a similar tell, story. I don't want to tell this story on pod. I don't know. Maybe I should behind but, the paywall. Uh, no, no, no. But I will tell it. The, the reason why I got into journalism. This is also a direct result of why what how this happened because i took this you know i was like 20 2019 or whatever i was like i want to meet cute girls cute liberal girls so i took a race <laughs> <laughs> this is real i took race gender media studies i was like hmm you know there has to be cute liberal girls there you know with colored hair and i did meet people there that were that and i got what i wanted but that's where i met dipna which is my journalism professor and then she got me into the rampage. And then that's how I got into journalism for very horny reasons. Very horny reasons. <laughs> and this is I, why I am here. Right I now. tried to sign up for that same class, but it was canceled because there weren't enough enro people enrolled. So I signed up for like beginning media studies. And I'm like, oh, surely this is the same thing. Same professor. And that turned out to be the rampage. So yeah. it was just like a totally an accident of happenstance <laughs> that I pressed yeah. submit on that. Well, you, you have a life change. I have very horny reasons for being here. Yeah, and, I just uh, I was like, oh, race gen, I love. And then I got, race and I got a career. I got a career out of it. <laughs> this so. is when I was an English major, so you know, very into theory yeah. at that point. So, but yeah, no, community <laughs> college, great place to just yeah, great to find, find yourself. yourself. But I'm so glad you brought up the um, privatization of the bookstore by um, Follett. Um, when I was when I was editor in chief of the Rampage, we did a huge like feature story about that while it was happening. Um, mm -hmm. Yep. And at the t and when it happened, like so many, like there, it wasn't just like the pricing, but like the logistics. Like people didn't know what books to even get. They didn't have the resources, and all of that because of like a I don't know, like a like a three to five, three to two vote. Like it's it's insane the chaos that that can leave on people's lives. Yeah, um, and I think that you know we had the Fresno County Young Democrats endorsement meeting last uh, was it last week, um, which. Uh, thank you. I did receive the endorsement, uh, but we had all Shout three out. candidates there and John Le actually uh, Leal wasn't the one um, defending his vote. Eric Payne was. Um, and one of the things that, that they brought up was that the bookstore, it actually was the exact same uh, language that they're talking about the post office right now. Look, oh. this is a service. Yeah, this isn't it, it's, it's not for you, profit. Exactly. Exactly. This is, you are providing a service. You are not supposed, if I'll put it this way, if you are operating your college and your intention is to pay for the whole thing off of the back of your students from the books, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to tell you that's not going to work out. Like the numbers just are not going to work out in your favor. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it, along with the fact that now it's, private privatized jobs that they're they're not union we have no idea well i don't personally know what benefits they're getting anything along those lines so lower lower quality of job um and i think it also now is setting precedent for other you know this is already a, a predatory bookstore that goes mm. to colleges looking for this i think at this point they're in ten thousand or something like that i was reading their website mm -hmm. um and at some point, I like for me, it's it's the publishing industrial complex. Like mm -hmm. how how the fact that these these schools and they abide by it. This is the crazy part that they actually abide by it. But like the 
okay, this book, uh, it's the seventh edition, and now we're only taking the eighth. Mm-hmm. And so thanks for your $300. Here's 25. Um, <laughs> or, they, or they don't even take it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just a, another aspect of education that, like, school does not it, – it doesn't have to be like this. And, and we've just normalized making so many things in our life shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, it, I'm excited about this election, you know, right now we are, we are primarying every single school board or every single trustee that privatized that voted to privatize the, mm-hmm. the bookstore. Um, and it's a chance to show that we can hold our elected officials accountable. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that I think in Fresno, we have a lot of apathetic voters. Things yeah. aren't getting better. You know, yeah. we, I, I think every single city council member has run on taking care of the homeless problem. I think every, you know, mayor has run on the same thing. And, um, you know, I, I work with Des Martinez with homeless in Fresno quite often, and we have no hotel vouchers. All the beds are taken, you know, it's the, the amount of misinformation that the, that the public officials put out, um, acting like they're doing things right. It's just a lot of grandstanding. And frankly, I'd rather have an official that I had no idea what they were doing, but shit was getting done. Well, yeah but yeah there is a lot of a, I, don't, I don't even know how to do like energize i mean i guess it's part of the why we're doing this like we want people to like hey this shit matters and i'm pretty still new to the scene of just like knowing what the fuck is going on in fresno but it's, yeah. it's pretty exciting it's like i mean it, it is now like i think that it is now uh, i think that people why not I, that's, yeah. that's really the, that's really the, it's not going to come to us. Like, this is the thing is it's not, no one is going to come here and fix Fresno for us. Yeah, and exactly. I think we have a whole lot of youth that, and you know, to be honest, I don't even consider myself youth anymore. I turned 30, <laughs> and, I turned 30 <laughs> in two, three months, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about hitting my limit, but um, <laughs> you know, seeing people like David run, seeing, mm-hmm. seeing yeah. this kind of, seeing how involved Yasmin is, seeing um, yes. Alex, you know, run, run the central, central Valley and central coast and take every single district for Bernie, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we have phenomenal people here. Mm-hmm. We just have to start working together because we have this this self-defeating mindset in Fresno of I want you to do good but not better than me. Yeah. And when that is the mindset, we're all failing. And that- so that's that's really the cultural shift that, <clears throat> that I think a lot of us are trying to bring. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Actually, that's one of the listener questions sent in that, that relates. So I might as well ask it now because it kind of relates to that. It, this question... We didn't ask who it was, but how do we build a coalition of young progressives in Fresno County and actually get power to change things? In other words, how can we move from a club or gatherings to taking action in our communities? And furthermore, this is a really common question. Is it worth going through the process or is some direct action necessary? So direct action, direct action is always the answer. These Mm. things. So this is kind of my problem with the question. These things aren't mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, Malcolm X needed Malcolm X needed Martin Luther King, right? Mm. Martin Luther King was a was a politician. Malcolm X was a revolutionary, right? Mm. These things work in tandem, and so the idea that um, it's either direct action or voting, it's not true, right? Mm. Yeah, Um, because people say like take Standing Rock or or any of these things, right? 
they did us dirty on Standing Rock. I mean, they straight up put out fire hoses and dogs on natives that were trying to protect their land. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't Trump either, right? Yeah. But uh, we, it's up to us to show up. I mean, that's why I think Sunrise Movement, that, that's the most gangster group out there. The, I mean, this group, if you want to put it into dollars and cents, right? So when you do paid phones, you're paying anywhere from 40 cents to 80 cents for someone to dial and have a conversation on the phone. Now you multiply that by the 800,000 phone calls Sunrise is making, the, the 500,000 that they're making for these for these candidates. Working together and finding a common a common issue is how we're going to do that. And so, look, how do we do it? Reach out. The amount of people that have actually just DM'd me on Twitter and said, hey, how do I get involved? Like, that is how you do it. Start reaching out. I mean, half of my friends... Like Ram, I didn't know you, right? Yeah, like this is this is literally. I saw you like we were friends on Twitter, and then I saw you at a BLM uh, rally, and yeah, then yeah, like yeah. now I'm now I'm on now here, right? Pocket. Yeah, exactly. It's it's you just reach out. You know, yes, it, exactly. Like we're all fighting for the same thing, and I think that we need to just be open with it um, mm-hmm. because I think the other thing that that needs to happen is, um, we, I mean. And this is kind of on on me and and the other people that are actually involved with the Democratic Party is is yeah. calling out the people that um, on their bad votes, right? Yeah. I, I and I think that a lot of people because it's so rare for Democrats to win here, it seems that people yeah. are afraid to criticize anyone. Yeah. Um, but you know, if these if these races are so tough already shit man you might as well get the good votes in while you can yeah um, and that's that's kind of how i feel about it why do you think it's so hard for democrats to triumph in um fresno is it just demographics what, what no, is it so so at one point i would have said demographics but i also think that we have voter suppression by um by rhetoric I mean, mm-hmm. even me saying like, okay, Democrats can't win, like that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. If you look at the numbers, we, we should be more. winning. We should be winning. We have more registered Democrats in yeah. the it's, it's 100% on us. And that's actually why I tweeted mm-hmm. out earlier in my comment about what's the point of registering new voters if we're not getting the people that we registered to vote? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so actually that's, that's actually on the newsletter this this yeah. morning. It was, uh, there's more blue vote. There's actually more no preference, party preference and there's they moved to democrats so we just need to get the voter yep. turnout at this point i think i saw your tweet about like we have to focus on voter turnout then changing people's minds yep. now we what, have the numbers what cracks the code on like voter turnout how do you get the girls gotta, to vote how do you get the girls to vote phone banking <laughs> is it phone bank is it textbook <laughs> phone banking so so knocking here's, in our doors so that i look i i say knocking on doors i mean for me yeah. it's always personal conversation but yeah. i want to just explain to you how the the voter universes are built and kind of how they're counterproductive to um to actually doing voter turnout right mm. so what you typically do uh, for a universe is you're going to target the people who vote, right? You're going to target the three out of three voters, the people who voted the last three elections. Mm. Um, the problem with that, so that's how you win, right? Yeah. The, the, and that's, I think that from a, from a business model standpoint, that is the right way to do it. But when that is your model, you're also trying to find the message that resonates the most with people who vote that much. 
And so you see how it's kind of this entire counterproductive process where all of a sudden you're not even interested in the people who might vote or might not. Might not vote, Especially, yeah. you know, especially if you don't have the money. Right. And so it, it's kind of, you got to win in order to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that people, it seems that people start with that sentiment and then it actually, mm-hmm. then they just kind of forget why they ran in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I asked um I asked Yaz this and I asked um David uh that is this our last guest, um, like how one can even avoid being absorbed by like the system of politics once you get into it. Like how, you know, is it is it pot like because a lot of people feel like, you know, I think a lot of the reason that there's this like binary created between like direct action or voting is because it's vote like participation in the electoral system is seen as like a fruitless and pointless endeavor. What would you say to people that feel that way? That I'm one of them. And that's why, (laughs) and that's why I decided to run for office. You know, it's, you talk about, you want to be the change that you want to see in the world. And for me, I was sick of yelling into the fucking void. And, and so I, I filed the paperwork, right? It's even if, if I did nothing else, but get some youngsters excited about politics. Even if I inspire two people to run eight years from now, I did my job. Right. And I think that that's important to talk about what Bernie's legacy on politics is. Right. Oh yeah. I I mean, think about the, this look, the, this prior squad. And then let's talk about the, also the members who aren't necessarily considered part of the squad. And then let's talk about who's won their primaries this year. Right. And let's talk about the potential progressives that could get in there in November. That still, that relatively have, have tougher general elections. Right. I mean, people get upset and they say, Oh, it's only two, two wins. Oh, it's, it's one here. It's one there. Well, shit, man, we're at the end of the year and and we're getting there. And yeah. two, three more years of this, and we have a government for the people by the people. Don't forget that the Tea Party has a legitimate voice in the Republican Party, mm. but the progressive movement does not have a single say in in the Democratic, right? Yeah. And it's because their pissed off voters, those those pissed off Republicans, flexed by voting, but voting for their candidates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? and, and that's what we have to learn is that there is a there is power in voting. Right. Mm-hmm. Being on that three, three list in order to get things solicited to you holds value. Yeah. Um, and so shit, man. And, you know, actually, I'm not going to say this part because people are going to say I'm telling them to vote Green Party. So, <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not telling anyone to vote Green Party. The five but, by five nine podcast does not endorse but, the Green Party candidate. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but my my point is vote put put a fucking vote down just yeah, put exactly. something down show that show that you are willing to do the work of of signing your name on the back filling out some bubbles and sending it in that's yeah, all you it's, gotta do. it's really not that I, I there's this whole uh especially with the harris discourse i was like yeah i'm gonna uh, vote for biden i'm gonna vote for, i'm gonna do that shit but i'm not gonna I, people think that like voting is the end that's your end of your participation. No, it's not. Yeah. It really it's isn't. Start, you, like, it's like tweeting. the bare minimum you could do is it, vote. That's it. And then you could do other things. There's a lot more mm-hmm. things to do. If anything, it's the saving and a checkpoint in a video game. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's what voting is. is it's it. just the check mark um, yeah. on where you need to move. And, yeah, there's uh, other things. But. Yeah, I, swear, I mean, look, I got yelled at for the other day because someone was like talking about Biden and Harris. And I go, look, 
I don't think they represent the structural change that we need in this country. I fully understand that. Um, But also as an Iranian American in America, um, I would, after seeing Trump's first four years and how Uh, unhinged and seeing how unhinged this is getting, uh, (laughs) look, I'm not, I, I would rather not take my risks on that. I'll I'll put it this way. As much as, as much as I, I am not, uh, you know, happy about this ticket. Um, do I think Biden and Harris, do I think that there's a chance that ice comes and, um, knocks on my door because of my last name? No, I don't. Um, and Uh you know, people, people can call me short sighted or what have you, but, um, this is what happens when, you know, we don't get our choices. We're, we're right now. We are dealing with the candidates that a political establishment put together for, about 50 years of us not participating. Yeah. Right. Like right now, this is, we are getting what we, what we built or what we're not there to build. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's democracy is a, it's a process. It's never perfection, unfortunately. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Trump's first four years. And what I always think of is the like three separate attempts to appeal the ACA when the Republicans controlled um, Congress. And I always think about how, Despite the fact that they had all the cards, they still failed because at the end of the day, people picked up their phones and complained about their health care being under threat. And the, politician, uh, the politicians were intimidated away from doing what they easily could have done um, because of the narrative and the media and the people actually saying stuff. So, you know, voting is important, of course, but it, there is a lot you can do um, because yeah. there's just more of us. I'll tell you what, if, if, if you think that we can't get TJ Cox to vote on Medicare for all by getting 50 of us and refusing to leave his DC office and his office here, well, shit, there's only one way to find out, right? There's only, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Fuck around and find out. Fuck around I, and find out. Um, I, actually, should yeah, we, uh, should we move to the, the Twitter questions or the, 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 listener, the listener questions? questions? Actually, this actually relates to what you were talking about, your... Iranian American upbringing. Yeah. The first question is how is how has your identity as an Iranian American impacted your outlook on politics? Yeah, so uh that's actually the reason I identify so heavily with it is because I mean, look, I'm 30, the probably most traumatic experience in my life was 9/11. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it being a Middle Eastern American in Fresno uh, when that happened, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't it. Um, that's when all of a sudden I started getting called terrorists and I started getting all these questions about being Muslim. And I mean, here's the thing is I, I was never raised Muslim. Um, mm-hmm. my, my dad left Iran because of, uh, the Ayatollah. Um, and so he, he had a pretty, um, broken relationship with religion, like at that point. Um, and so like, I, I'm just not, a lot of those things and to see it not matter and to see, you know, people who I thought I was friends with all of a sudden I'm, I'm, you know, all, yeah. name it, right. Name it. Um, and so for me, that's when I kind of understood for me, that was my first experience of racism, right. Is that mm-hmm. it, there's, it's ignorant. There is no, people are like, Oh, well, how do we, how do we uh, appeal to these Trump supporters that are, that are like this? And like, there isn't, dude there there yeah. is not a way like it's a it's an ignorant way of thinking that um the only thing you can do is be the best representative of your community you can be 
uh, and hopefully change some minds that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I would say uh, being an Iranian American is pretty much, I mean, look, revolution is in my blood. The reason I'm right. here is because <laughs> of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and so for me, it, it's, I just want what's best for the people. And I think that a lot of, uh, I think that that, that was part of my upbringing is, is a entire group of people that lost everything to come to America that had to rebuild. Nice. Someone wanted to know what you wanted to be when you grew up. When you were, <laughs> when you were a little uh, boy. When I, was, I actually wanted to be a lawyer for a little bit. Um, I'm glad you saw the light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was... <laughs> I didn't really have any cool, I was like really good at soccer in high school, but then got in a car accident and shattered my ankle. So that kind of, that, like my dream, like kind of went out with that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess if, if, like, since I don't have something exciting there, I guess I'd say my dream job, if I was going to do anything, um, if I, if I had a dream job title, it would probably be um, like advanced analytics for baseball. (laughs) That would that would probably be my my dream. Oh, okay. Oh wow. Some, uh, somebody asked okay. uh, Dari, can you please make an OnlyFans account? I can't prove that I didn't. <laughs> I can't prove that I didn't submit this, but I didn't. I didn't. I did not. I'll tell you what. Uh, it, the second there's an Act Blue uh, feature that that you can link with OnlyFans, uh, man, you, you'll uh, it, it'll be all over the place. I'll, I promise that. CEO of OnlyFans, I hope you're listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how are you going to translate your progressive values onto the SCCCD district you're running for? Uh, yeah, so I think I think uh, I kind of answered that previously, but um, really just bringing a students first approach. I think that um, we need to lower costs, and and uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but one of the things that the community college has been doing is essentially. Uh, moving away from full-time professors and moving towards oh, adjunct yeah. professors yeah. in order to um, about sixty percent of uh, Fresno City College's yeah. professors are adjunct. Yeah, and yeah, so you know, it's the it's again they're treating it like a private business. Mm-hmm. You know what happens when you have part-time workers? You don't have to give them the healthcare. You don't have to yep. pay them appropriately. And um, now with online teaching, from my understanding, they're starting to just uh, they're making the classes larger um, to up the enrollment in the classes that are needed. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, to me, that does not sound like uh, a sound plan uh, mo- yeah. moving forward. And um, obviously, a lot of that is administration and not necessarily the board of trustees. But um, I mean, they they at least have a voice in it. Right. And, you know, for the listeners, like if you've ever had an adjunct professor, like it's a really grueling job. You're teaching like three different classes on three different campuses. You probably have a second job because the pay is not as great. Like it's, you know, so we really appreciate adjunct professors here adjunct. and we want to you know yep. have Shout a net for adjunct them professors yeah have you have you guys either of you taken paul gilmore no i haven't okay if you guys ever have to take a history class paul gilmore shout out to paul if you're listening if you listen to this <laughs> official <laughs> plug official plug for paul gilmore i love the oh, idea yeah. <laughs> nah, he's, he's the triple og i i remember so i know of paul because my girlfriend was in his class and I woke up, she like had a Zoom class in the morning and like I woke up to this professor like just talking like about how great the group like the Green New Deal is oh, and wow. how like FDR, like how he saved the country and how like started talking about like antitrust and monopolies. And I'm like, who who is this? Like and I found out who it is and uh, I actually ended up meeting him at um 
I don't know, some protest, but, uh, he, he's a, he's a terrific guy. So if you guys, if you ever need a teacher to, uh, get you interested in politics, I would suggest Gilmore. Damn, everybody just meeting each other on protested. I mean, that's where we met. So yeah. I just like, you know, it's the that's new brunch, put, as they say. That, yeah, that's the new brunch is a uh, protest yeah. nowadays. Well, what was that tweet? Like, if you're not running to people you've hooked up with at protests, you're, uh, you're hooking up the wrong, wrong people. The Me Too protests that we covered, <laughs> I ran into my ex. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> it's like awkward. <laughs> Shout out to her. Shared, Shout out to her. Shared values. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's good, though. That's good. So, um, someone asked, uh, why is it um, that the Republicans are so much more effective at uniting their party than the Democrats are? They fall in line. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, when you're the party of progress, right, you're going to have people who are further along than others. Yeah. Republicans have been using the same damn talking points since, <laughs> you know, like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, that's, that's, why we have a two-party system like there there's there's intention in this right um and so yeah i i would say it's just they they fall in line and and also think about think about the demographic difference in republicans and and uh democrats you know just just socioeconomics right um if you if you want to just talk about okay you have a rich family more than likely they are always going to tell their kid to vote constantly and most of the time, I mean, I've never, I personally have met very few Republicans who actually look at, look into candidates. Um, it's Republican down the ticket every year, no matter what, that's him, right? Um, and so, because what's funny is, uh, you know, the, the people I used to party with that live in Clovis and stuff, when I ran for Congress, like they're all registered Republicans. And when we're talking, you know, I basically just asked them questions and like pitched them the ideas that we talk about. And they're yeah. like, yeah, man, that's like, that sounds perfect. Like, why aren't we doing that? And I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, like news break, like you're not a Republican and not only are you not a Republican, like you're fucking, you're socialist. Like yeah. it's like, you're, you're far left in America thinking that, which also is not socialist in America. Like, right. Yeah. Bernie's, it's not, it's like, like center left, like right. barely, so that's, barely left. Yeah. Um, but that is interesting because Dev- David has said the same thing where mm-hmm. when we were listening to Devin, just like, yeah, some of these are like reasonable. Yeah. It's just like yeah. <laughs> we're all pretty much similar. I don't know why we have this. Well, it's just branding, right? Like the word socialism yeah. is scary. And, you know, it's like it's like to own the libs is the whole ethos. Right. So it's. Oh. Yeah. And I would also say, like, keep in mind, like when we when people use the word socialism and that goes in the ear of someone like 60 years or 50 years oh, or older. Yeah. yeah. There was also like 30 years of hardcore anti like propaganda. Yeah, yeah, just like hardcore like the word was bad anything associated with it because I mean, look, I'm a I'm a small business owner, right? Like I can't I can't fully claim to to just be um mm-hmm. like the most like left person ever. Like at some yeah. point I am I am making money off of the labor of others i will say everyone is paid quite well um and there's years that they have made more money than i have but um that's just that's we become so binary in all of our of all of our thought like Mm -hmm. there is no socialism without capitalism and there is no capitalism without socialism exactly Uh, it's it's not like it's not one thing or the other um and it's ultimately i mean the fact is, if you're going to make the argument for for 
hardcore capitalism is that there's competition that drives down the cost, except for we have no competition in the United States. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's um, like, I would love to live in our parents or grandparents capitalism. Like that would be lit. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we don't, right? Because we're living in late stage capitalism where, um, you know, Monsanto owns 90% of grain, you know, just like just absurd, absurd percentages of these companies that own everything. So capitalism on the ventilator, capitalism gasping for life. Um, This is kind of a this is kind of a change in topic, but uh, someone wanted to know what the hardest lesson you learned from your congressional run. Uh, that's impacted you the most and what you've carried forward from that race uh, for the 22nd district? That I've learned the most. Um, I, I don't know if it's the thing that I've learned the most, but I, I will say I have never worked that hard in my entire life and failed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a real, a real wake up call for me. Um, and so I guess the, what's the hardest part about that? I don't know. I, I, that's a, that's a hard question. I guess it would be, um, I guess the hard part would be learning that, that policy is not as important in politics as, um, platitudes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You gotta, you gotta, play, to those, <laughs> you gotta play to those. Well, yeah. it's theater, yeah. right? It's, you yeah. know, there's reason there's speechwriters. It's, it's all about kind of aesthetics in the, in the, in the pitch, the sale, you know? Well, and it's about saying it's it's about saying nothing, right? (laughs) It's about it's 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 the it's about using as many words as possible to say absolutely nothing. But I (laughs) I do think that there is an audience for people who aren't like that. Like I feel like a lot of Bernie's appeal outside of his policies, which are broadly popular with the American people, if you poll them, I think a big part of it is that he sounds like the old Jewish man that he is yelling and he's authentic and i think there is an audience for authenticity in in america in politics it's just not one that necessarily votes as much perhaps but we could we could change that yeah and and i think that that's kind of i mean that's why i'm glad that we're running all these exciting people like that's the other person you guys need to interview is abina um running against caglia um for the trustee for the trustee race and i can connect you guys as well oh hell yeah Um, yes so um she she's dope um but yeah the where i forgot where i was going with this <laughs> it's okay see and this is what i'm talking about authenticity yeah <laughs> oh authenticity there, there you go um you know it, it's for me i want a candidate i can believe mm. i yeah. like regard regardless if i agree with the decision that they are making i want to know that 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 the elected official is doing it because they truly believe it is what's best for the society as a whole if if i can if i can go to bed knowing that's how they voted i'm fine with that Mm. Mm. this next one's a foreign policy question um super (laughs) mario brothers 3 or super mario world (laughs) oh uh probably world to be honest oh okay that's a good that's a good choice that's a good choice that's good and Um, here's the last one actually this is a more political this is the most political question so you, you should be should be ready to get, get those platitudes ready, ready bro. Ang, angry right. at who's the better avatar, Korra or Aang? <laughs> Do you even watch Avatar? <laughs> I can't say 
I wish the I audience could see say, the face. I have to say Cora, right? Oh, there oh, we go. No, you know, that's, that, that, no, that's that's, that's the, more that's, revealing than that's, anything you could have said. That's, that's, <laughs> that's controversial. I like I. Yeah. Well, to be a hundred percent honest, I'm like in the middle of watching Cora. Say, well, I'm rewatching it because I haven't. Sorry. Yeah. So I I like just found out about it and like like my girlfriend put it on and I was like, is this? Oh, okay. Aang's in it too. All right. Like this is yeah, the yeah. It's the second uh, part. Yeah. So no. I will. Uh, you guys can have me back after uh, on wow. on November fourth. How about that? And uh, we can talk about we can talk about that. that. No, and uh, I don't know if you know. Uh, I don't know if you know Sophia Bautista, but she is a big Cora head. She just loves Cora. Okay. And right. uh, she's probably gonna be on the podcast because she wrote a whole essay about about Cora about Cora. Oh, oh, Cora okay. and her like Filipino upbringing and shit. Oh wow! Oh okay, but, dope, dope. Yeah, maybe that'll be a thing if she's down. But good answer though. Cora is, <laughs> I think, superior. That's uh, yeah. Tommy's I, like, no, I, this is wrong. <laughs> I I listen. We don't have to actually talk about the Legend of Cora, no, do we? Zora. Okay, no, 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 all no, avatars no. matter. All, yeah, all avatars matter. Hashtag all avatars matter. I wish the writers felt uh, the same way. So listen, let's. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I, well, I have a, I have a, I have a question. How do you, how do you tweet so good, man? How do you tweet so good? Yeah, you tweet a lot. Uh, you're a. Let's get to the Twitter. You're good at Twitter. Yeah, you're good at Twitter. You know, you know what's funny is I like used to be really bad at it, like oh, because yeah? the character because I like to explain things, right? And so yeah. the character limit is just like it would drive me nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then, like, I kind of learned, like, your followers under, like, if they're following you, they get your voice. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can kind of, that's the hard part with text is learning, like, the the tone that people are saying things in. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, people still, like, I remember I said, what did I tweet that? I, like, almost had to protect my account because of the shit that I was getting. Um, oh, when I was, like, honestly, it's, a, it's I said, I had, uh, I had changed the D in my name to a donut. And I tweeted out, uh, honestly, it's a slap in the face to progressives that Nancy Pelosi's name isn't in the running for oh, that I think that's the tweet that like made me follow you. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Bro, bro I, I have never been ratioed on a tweet this hard. Yeah, there were like 2,000 comments on this. Like, oh my gosh. There was it some, was, and there were some leftists like Twitters that oh. were like making fun of you. Oh like, yeah! Oh, oh yeah! Yeah, big like big accounts were big making accounts fun of me. Were making like, fun of you. <laughs> They're like, here's the blue check marks again. Yeah. <laughs> Acting up. Oh yeah! I was like, all right, for sure. Oh, I God. have national. I, I had national healthcare system in my bio, but sure. I know, <laughs> and I was like, I don't think this is serious, guys. That, the that tweet should be the promo image for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why wasn't she though? Why wasn't she considered? <laughs> she's, oh, just, wasn't she's she? so progressive yeah she's so progressive the nancy hive i mean the nancy hive i don't know if you guys have oh, I fucking hate, dude dude every every liberal that like tweets that gif of her clapping oh, I, I hate it, it. yeah i want to kill oh, myself that's that's how um, that shit bro shannon watts blocked me uh, the, she, do you know who Shannon Watts is? The one who, the like founder of Moms Against Guns. Oh, oh wow! She <laughs> blocked you because, dude. She so we used to follow each other and like we would interact on each other's tweets. Like we like we like interacted, right? Like we had a good Twitter relationship. Mm, and, yeah. Um. It was. 
I, I, it was like after the tearing up of the speech or something like that, and someone like retweeted it and said like, like liberals are impressed by like the most basic shit, and yeah. I laughed and yeah. I, and like I liked it. And the next thing I know, the next day, I'm blocked. <laughs> Wait, you just liked it? You didn't I, even... did, I, did, I liked it. But the problem is when you're verified, you get other notifications. You get notifications only for people who are, other, are who are verified. Yeah. So she was tagged in the tweet and then I liked it. And so she must have got oh, the notification. <laughs> like so. Dari liked this tweet. And I'm like, oh. And she said, get him out. Get him off. Who else? Who else am I blocked oh by? God. Oh, you, you, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown. Um, no, from, Community? Uh, yeah, she blocked me. <laughs> uh, Why? Why? Because, <laughs> so, rem- so when, uh, remember, so the Florida primary, remember, like, uh, COVID was happening and Brianna Joy uh, yeah. was like, yo, like, it's a, like, this is going to be bad if you don't, like, don't go vote if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then uh, Yvette like chimed in and was like, oh, at FBI, this is voter suppression. <laughs> uh, you what? know, like, just, just, yeah, like just the most just the most caring shit ever. And <laughs> then like uh, then like, what was it like a week uh, or no, then like two months later, um, there was an article and it was like, oh, massive COVID uh, tracing back to the election. Um and so I just like I screenshotted all of it and was like, oh, well, that seems like, you know, just making a joke. And anyways, yeah. it went like mega viral and it hit like 150,000 like fucking retweets. Um, and I wake up to like getting cussed out by Yvette Nicole Brown and then <laughs> oh my God. go to her profile and I'm blocked. Block, dude, honestly, I, I think I've said this before on pod, like blocking is the worst. You shouldn't block people because they get you give them the screenshot. Yeah, muting. Yeah, muting is the muting is superior because yeah. you don't know that they you pretty much muted them or blocked them. Just just look at mine and uh, what's her name, Luis Mersh or whatever the 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 uh, I don't know. She's some everything relates back to Russia. She like used to be a <laughs> she was like uh, a she was like a Tory. People. She's a Tory MP and then uh, now is like super involved in American uh, politics and everything's about Russia. And uh, girl, we're not so convinced, me, man. We're not convinced. It, it's like the it's worst. Like, well, you know, I all I know is Russia didn't make Senate go home this month. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Like it, it's um, that's so fucked. I was like, really? Yeah, so I mean, like, it, this is ridiculous, right? Like, you want to talk about the crime rates that are about to go up. Right now, you have millions of people facing eviction mm-hmm. with yeah. no money coming into their bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tell me no, how dude. that works out for Wait, you. And- we need more police. That's what's the answer. <laughs> oh, that is going to... No, no, don't... Ram, that is going to end up being be the bad. result. That, uh, because there is going to be an uptick in crime. It like that's bit, just, it was a bit... And they'll say, look, they're calling to defund the police, but look, the, the, clearly yeah, we need more. Why yeah. did the cops go up, guys? Why? Yeah, and you know, uh, and I think that's a big problem with politics, too. Like, the, the true answer is always more nuanced and hard to explain, and the easy answer, you exactly. can just blurt that shit out. Uh, but, yep. yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's I an episode, like, right? Like, that's, yeah, that's, that's good. an episode, uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Give me your blue check mark. You could transfer it now. Yeah. You could donate I can, it to me. I can transfer it. <laughs> You know what? We'll discuss it. Don't maybe I'll run for it. Maybe I'll. Uh, hey, like, you know what? Maybe 
Maybe I'll run for Kamala's seat and I'll give oh, you my give me my the blue check mark. And I'll, you get I'll give one. you my congressional blue check and I'll take my Senate blue oh check. My God. You know? This is the this is this is my pathway to be a blue check. It's like right. the Avatar. One dies and the I next just, one's called. I just need the blue check. <laughs> I mean, I'm, trying guys, to, I'm trying to get Yasmin a blue check. I was on her like, oh, we need to get you a blue check mark right now. But you guys are journalists. You guys should be able to get it, no? Uh, well, we're one fake day journalists. we're yeah we're early in the path. <laughs> we're fake journalists. That's, that's like the blue check industrial complex. It is. Right there. Yeah, no, like, there's too it many. Is. There's too many journalists that shouldn't that yeah. don't deserve it. I'm Everyone like, just starts a podcast with like it's uh you know like that 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 video of like the DJ and there's like three people yeah, dancing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah uh-huh. this it's, is that yeah. this is that podcast. That's me tweeting. <laughs> that's me tweeting for the same ten people every this, day. Yeah, I do it for them. I you're do all, it for the oh, girls wow. and the gays. Honestly, you're like, oh, I got downloaded three times, and it's really just my iPad, my iPod, and my my <laughs> laptop. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah. If I, well, I'm gonna make this pop off. And that's gonna be the <laughs> that's gonna be the promo for this episode. Is that GIF with this audio of, of yeah. us talking? Yeah, <laughs> yeah our to the audience, three podcast listeners. <laughs> but thank you so uh, much for joining yeah. us. Yeah. Do you have any, well, yeah, just remind the listeners what you're running. Oh yeah, for please. Yes. So if you are in the sunny side, uh, part of Fresno or Carruthers or Kingsburg. Um, I think that pretty much covers it, but pretty much those areas, area three trustee, uh, state center community college district, um, trustee, I would love to be able to earn your vote. The website will be up, uh, hopefully next week. Once these FPPC numbers come out, uh, Dari for trustee.com. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon. And your Twitter is Dari at, at Dari Resvani. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the show. Yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, we'll probably have you back as once you win. Yeah, once you <laughs> win. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. I uh, see you everybody. See I yield my time. Fuck you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>